0: She's very dear to Jade and I, dear friends of ours, uh, to Mark and Carrie as well. Um, She graduated with me and Mark, and so she knew us, and I'm just going to tell you, she knew us in our BC days. That means before Christ, and I've told her, don't share any of those stories that you know from high school (laughs) or anything, because she was the good little preacher's daughter. Her dad was a pastor out here at Moorwood Baptist Church. And we went, and Mark and I did a lot of cheating off of Amy, especially in German. We had to take German in a in high school. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dr. Volhart, you know. And so we did a lot of cheating off Amy in all classes, not just not just German. Whenever Amy was in the classes, Amy was the smart one. So we was like, let's cheat off Amy so we can pass this. This class. I'm, I'm telling off on myself this morning. So that was all BC days before Christ. But we love Amy. Like I said, she used to live in Texas. We support her monthly as a church, as our missionary to the Jewish people. And she uh, resides in New York now. And New York is a state where there's a lot of Jewish people that live there. And it's amazing to me how Amy is very gifted evangelistic-wise, missionary-wise, to minister to people one-on-one. I mean, she'll, she'll meet them in coffee shops, different places. She even met a Jewish person here um, several years ago and got to witness to him, um, here, here in Leedy. And so I've seen her in operation and she's just very gifted in this area because she loves the Jewish people. It's in her heart and it's an honor that we support her missionary efforts as a church as well. And so she's going to come and share her heart with us this morning. She has an awesome message for us And maybe some updates from Israel if she has any. I told her just to share her heart with us this morning. So I want you to give a warm welcome to Dr. Amy Downey from New York.
1: but okay, I'm on now, but it's always good to be back here, not only because as I was driving uh, up here from Elk City, I drove through Moorwood, and uh, I got to see, you know, where I got to live, I got to see uh, mom and daddy's old church, and uh, are they still having church there? Okay, and uh, and it was just kind of nostalgic i got to show my dog he was just like eh but uh so but it was just nice to to be you know back here and just to remember and do you realize it's 37 years in may we we're old <laughs> uh so anyway I'm 54. I don't know how old these guys are, Uh, but I'm 54 years old, which means that next year I get to the senior citizens discount at Waterburger. But (laughs) woohoo! And uh, but uh, but you know, Mark told me that y'all are talking about doors, and so I started looking at all the door passages in the Bible, and I thought about you know when God closed the door on the ark, which I guess somebody's already talked about. So, whoo. and uh, I thought about, you know, you know, God telling Moses to put the blood over the, the, you know, the doors at Passover, but I've already talked about the Passover with you guys. So, I thought, and so then I found this passage, and God said, talk about this passage, and the mysterious door of the gospel. So, if y'all have your Bibles, but I also have the verses up on the screen, so, If you didn't bring it, you can still look. So so we're going to look at Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. And I have it here because sometimes I have to use reading glasses too, but I'm too vain to have it up here today. So so I'm going to look at Colossians 4, 2 through 6, and we're going to talk about the mysterious door of the gospel. So let's just start, and then we'll start talking about it. It starts off with, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in, it with, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. Now, Paul was in prison. I'm going to stop there for a second. Paul was in prison at the time. So that's why he's in chains, but we'll talk more about that in a second. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech also, that's me, always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that that you may make it, sorry, this is my King James coming out, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So let's talk about doors for a second. Carrie, could you go to the next slide? I love old doors. I've I've been in Europe. I've been in several countries in Europe. God has blessed me with that. And if you've ever been to Europe, if you've ever been in old places, they have some great old doors. Doors have a lot of character, especially the older the doors, the better. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Thank you, Miss June. Wait, is it Judy? Uh-huh. Judy. Thank you, Miss Judy. Doors have character. You, you look at an old door, you can tell, like, an old door has character. There's just something, you're like, you wonder, who's walked through that door? Who's walked out that door? How many do- times has that door been opened, shut, slammed, banged on? You know, You know, who's been there? And sometimes go to the next slide for me, if you if you're old enough to remember who that is, you wonder if some of you don't know who that is. Who knows who that is? Okay, you wonder. You know that's Jim Morrison. If you don't know who that is, he was the lead singer of The Doors, and uh, he died because he took too much drugs. Um, you know, you know, you wonder if maybe he should have stopped taking so many drugs and he'd still have had the doors. Go to the next slide. Um, but there's just something great about old doors. And because there's just something mysterious about old doors. You know, when I, I took mom to France right before she died, the year before she died, and she was like, why are you taking pictures of old doors? I'm like, I love old doors. You're like, there's just something mysterious about old doors. And, that, and I think that's why Paul talked about that in that passage. So what I want to talk to you about is the mystery of what ta- Paul talked about, the mystery of the door. So could you go to the next slide for me, Carrie? So I want to talk about two prongs. And the first one is the mystery of the gospel to open the door. And the first one involves you guys. Because if we're going to open the door of the mystery of the gospel, the first prong involves you guys. Because the front guard is the church. So there's two points to this, to what I'm going to share with you today. The front guard is you guys, and the second point or the prong—I should prong sounds weird—I should have said point. Um, the first prong is you guys. The second point or prong is me, and as a missionary, but missionaries can't do diddly squat. I know, that was an old phrase, too, just like, the, just like Jim Morrison. Without, I loved old music. When I moved up here, just so you'll know, I couldn't find any radio stations except for country and the 60s station. And do I look like I listen to country western music? So I listened to the 60s station That's how I got to know about Jim Morrison. And I love 60s and 70s music now. But the front guard is the church. So let's look at this passage again and see what Paul says to the church at Colossians. Okay? So go to the next slide. So he tells the church at Colossians, if you want to open the mysterious door of the gospel, he says in verse 2, continue earnestly in prayer. Now, I know you have your prayer time every Sunday morning, which I love. I've never been in a church except this one that has a a time every Sunday morning devoted like you guys do to praying up here and for each other. Never have I seen that except here. And that's awesome. But you don't just do it on Sunday morning, here, you have to continue earnestly in prayer. And, you know, Mark calls me a doctor, and I am, and that just means I have debt. But, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my debt starts in December. I, I, I have that on my mind. Um, but just so you'll know, when Paul wrote that, it was not a suggestion it was a command to do it. I'm telling you to continue earnestly in prayer. And the two people on the, the wedding picture of those two people are the two biggest prayer warriors I've ever known in my life. And some of you might recognize that, that who do you think those two prayer pe- those two people getting married are? Can you recognize? Those are my parents. And I have to tell you two stories about those people. The first one was my dad. They were married in 1961. Daddy died in 2000 of an aneurysm. And I was living in New York at the time. That was the first time I lived in New York. And and I got the call at 2.38 a.m. with the word that Daddy died. And Daddy was pastoring at, at First Baptist Church of Hilton, Oklahoma. And I got to, I got, you know, I had to go from New York to Houston, Houston to Dallas. I got in a car, drove to Hilton, and I got to Mama at about 8, 8, 8 p.m. that night. And Mama wanted us to see Daddy's office because Mama and Daddy had just got to that church about six weeks earlier. And, uh, you know, Mama was just in shock and... And it was something none of us expected. We didn't know Daddy had an aneurysm. And so we went to the church, and, and, you know, we were looking at the things in Daddy's office. And Daddy had a a sermon Bible, but he also had his own personal Bible time, devotional time Bible. And it was the Bible I had given him, you know, several years earlier. And so I have that Bible with me even in... I've always... I took that Bible with me. But in that Bible, we found a list of names. And that list of... And we were trying to figure out, what is this list of names? And we were looking at that list of names. And Mama went... Because Mama didn't know either. And Mama looked at at the top of that list. And Mama said, that's somebody... From when we first moved to Farmington, New Mexico, and that was like in 1963. And then she, we, we were going, we were looking at that list of names some more, and well, that's, a, that's somebody that rode daddy's bus route when daddy went to Bible college in 1973. And we, we were looking, and then suddenly my sister's name popped up on the list. And then right after that was my name. And that was 1977, 78. And then further on down the list was somebody else's name we recognized. And and then towards the bottom of the list was somebody in 1999 that Mama recognized. And then we counted up the names. And there were over 200 names. And we figured out that it was people that Daddy had personally prayed with to receive Jesus. And it was his personal Bible time that he prayed with every day. And I just, when we figured that out, I just had to run out of Daddy's office and go cry. And that was the first time I had cried all day. That I was a part of I was his daughter I was his daughter, but I was his sister in Christ and he took accountability for me every day. Now mama and I'm not gonna I can't I just still can't because mama died in 2020 but my right bef- the week the Sunday before mama died i I flew to Kansas to speak at a church in Kansas and uh, and my sister was with her because we knew Mama didn't have much longer, but Mama wanted me to go speak at that church. And Janice recorded the last coherent prayer that Mama ever prayed. And Mama's last prayer for me was for me. And she prayed for me that I would always be humble in the calling that God had given to me. And some of y'all had met Ma- have met Mama. Mark still thinks she's the funniest person he ever met. But Mama would always walk around just going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And i say, Mama, what are you doing? I'm just talking to Jesus. Because she believed in continuing earnestly in prayer. But her last prayer was that I would always be humble in the calling that God had for me. Do we continue earnestly as Christians and churches for the mysterious gospel door that we have been given to do? Could you go to the next slide? Because just so you'll know, the church at Colossian, at Colossia and the church at Ephesus were very much alike. So what he told the church at Colossia, and I'm not going to read this. You can read this for yourself. But the, the message he gave to the church at Colo- you know—the church at Colossia and the church at Ephesus was basically the same message: praying always, pray so that you don't mess it up. And look, he says, "I'm in chains, so I need your prayer," because. I can't do it without you. So basically what he said to the Colossians church, he said to the Ephesians church. Because you know why? The church, the Colossians church and the Ephesians church were pretty much basically like sister churches. The same problems that at one church was the same problems at the other church. They had the same sins, they had the same issues, they had the same oppositions. So he could say the same thing. Because we must continue earnestly in prayer. Go to the next slide, if you... So how do you continue earnestly in prayer? You have to be thankful and you have to be vigilant. Because it's really easy to be haphazard with our prayer life. You know, because we can get into that habit of just going, you know... Dear God, thank you for our prayer... Dear God, thank you for our food. You know, bless mama, bless daddy, bless grandpa. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this, you you get that prayer list from church and you just want to check off the names, you know, just check them off. You know, dear God, bless, bless our soldiers, bless our country, bless our president, even when it's hard. Uh, and um, I, I know how Oklahoma voted, I saw. Uh, and... Uh, And just check off the names, just, you know, just say their names so we can check them off. That's not being vigilant with your prayers. Thank you for for those who said amen, by the way. Uh, You have to be vigilant with your prayers. Because it can get really easy to get slack with your prayer life. I do it too. So if you want to help if you want to be, you know, the front guard in, in reaching and in opening the mysterious door of the gospel, pray. Go to the next slide. If you want to open the mysterious door of the gospel, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Don't be like the girl up there. I was trying to find a good picture. That was the best I could find. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Too often we walk with blinders on, not wanting to look and see that there are lost people all around us. Even in Leedy. Leedy is not the bastion of Christianity that people try to make it out to be. And you guys know it better than anybody because you live here. I used to live here. I know it too. Uh, Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Redeeming the time. Don't waste time. We don't have time. I was in in Big Lots the other day. And I'm going to have to figure out how to get this home. I'm going to have to wrap it. And Because I want to take it home with me. And I saw this, you know, this. And uh, I thought, i got to buy this because I'm going to use this Sunday. And I saw this hourglass. But, you know, this, this is a perfect description. Because we are running out of time. You know, Mark is right. We don't know if this is the end or not. But if I see one more social media meme about, while there's a war in heaven, we're planning a wedding in heaven. While there's a war on earth, we're planning a wedding in heaven. I'm going to scream. Because I'm sick of that. Because we are running out of time. I'm going to tell you what I prayed with Carrie. I am running out of time being a missionary. And it is robbing me of sleep, and it is causing me to have my migraines back, and it is making me sick, because I have a mission field right now, and and you know that I'm a missionary to the Jewish people, but God has called me now to reach the, the lost of the lost of the Jewish people. I am reaching out to the Hasidic people. And if you, you've heard me before, that 97 to 99% of all Jewish people are lost and dying and going to hell. But the Hasidic or the ultra Orthodox of the Jewish people, that is 99.5% of the Hasidic people. Not only are they lost and dying and going to hell, they have never heard a gospel presentation. Yes, ma'am. I live in a community that has around, give or take, a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand. Most of, the, I'll give you an example because God was saying, don't forget to give them examples. Uh, I was, I was in. I can't go to Waterburger anymore, which is a sin. I have to go to Dunkin' Donuts, and I have to make sure I don't eat a donut every time, or I'd be, you know, and. Um, <laughs> And I was doing my Bible time, and and some ultra orthodox ladies—they're the wives of the guys with the black hats and the side curls you see at the Western Wall, on the news—and and they have to wear skirts down to here and black hose, and they have to wear a wig. I should I should have some pictures of them in the PowerPoint, but I don't. And they came in, and I'll, I should have more stories, but I'm trying to watch the time and. I'm trying to redeem your time, by the way, and uh, and I've been talking to them and in, in, in different places in different ways, and they saw me doing my Bible study, and and I'm known as in Dunkin' Donnie, D- Dunkin' Donut Dunkin' Donie Dunkin' Donut as the church lady, as the Christian lady, as the Bible study lady, and um, they 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 were talking to me, and they said, "What are you doing?" and I said, I'm reading my Bible. And they went, well, where are you reading from? And I said, and at the time I was reading from the book of Joel. And I said, I'm reading from Joel. And this is what they said to me. Joel's in your Bible? They didn't know that we had Joel. They didn't know that we had the book of Psalms in our Bible. And I said, yeah, we have the same books that you have. In your, in your Hebrew scriptures, and I use the Hebrew word, in, in your Tanakh, as you guys do, it's in a slightly different order, it is, but we have the same, they said, we didn't know you had our books in your book, they didn't know that, they thought we just had the New Testament. They didn't know that we knew about Moses. I was I was having a talk the other a few weeks a, a couple of months ago, with a Hasidic lady. It was raining. We were kind of stuck at the door, and um, and the conversation came up about Noah. Speaking about the door. And uh, and so, I said, "Yeah, this kind of reminds me because it was raining really hard." And I I said something about Noah and the ark and she goes she looked at me and i said yeah i know about noah <laughs> i said i believe in noah i believe in the flood she goes really you believe there was a real noah a real flood a real ark i said yeah i believe in adam and eve too really you believe all that's true that's what she asked yes sir. what's your name sir Wyatt yeah she she didn't think I would believe that was true you know why Wyatt because they don't believe that we believe anything about Genesis Exodus Leviticus numbers she didn't believe we would believe in Moses either I told her I believed in the Red Sea she's like you believe in the Red Sea she didn't she didn't They have no idea that we believe in the same God. They do. You know why? Because they've been told all their life that we hate them. And I'm like, you know what? I don't hate you. She goes, I'm beginning to figure that out. Because I'm the church lady. Because we have to walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Could you go to the next slide, Carrie? Because, again, back to Ephesians, See, and you can read the verse. Because the days are evil. The days are evil. We know that. We can watch the news. And by the way, I don't know if you saw it on the news this morning, but Iran has told Israel, if you go into uh, Gaza, we're going to attack you. And, and just so you'll know, if, if Iran attacks Israel, Israel will have to attack Iran, and that is Ezekiel 38. Because Iran has a treaty with Russia and China to come to Iran's defense and that is ezekiel 38 by the way you most of us don't realize don't realize that ezekiel, iran has a treaty with russia and china you know why cuz that wasn't on the news because our news is lousy regardless of whether you watch fox or cnn that's why we have to be wise And we have to redeem the time. Could you go to the next slide? So how do you walk wisely and you redeem the time? And that awful picture right up there is about, is me in high school. I don't have a picture of Mark or Mark. I have a picture of myself. That's me in high school. That's my senior picture. I don't have a picture of Mark and Mark or Haney's bull haircut, just so you'll know. Uh, I, have a, I have a horrible picture of me, because you have to know where you are walking, and you have to be prepared. Yeah, that's, I saw that smirk you have back there, just so you'll know. That's me. Because when I moved here as a sophomore, and, and the, pit, the reason I have the picture of the sunflowers, that's the best picture I could find, because I wanted to remember to use this illustration. The second day I moved here, I was in biology class. And Mr. Holcomb said, let's go out and look for mushrooms. And I thought to myself, we're gonna take a field trip? Where's our where's our permission slips? I didn't get a permission slip. And I was dressed like I had I would dress in Dallas, because we moved from Dallas to Leedy. Talk about culture shock. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I, I, are we going to take the school bus? No, we all got in different cars. And I'm like, I don't know whose car I'm getting in. I don't know who's driving. I, th- I think it was somebody with the last name of Smith, which I discovered later was not a good idea. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we went to the cow field. And just so you'll know, if you notice what shoes I'm wearing hold on, these are not good shoes to wear in a cow field. <laughs> Trust me, when I got back, these kind of shoes did not look like they, I was not prepared to walk in a cow field. <laughs> and um, so, so how do you walk wisely and redeem the time? Know where you are walking. And you be prepared. You wear these kind of shoes to walk, what he's wearing, to walk in a cow field, and you be prepared. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Do you get the point I'm trying to make? And so many times, Christians and churches, they're not prepared for what's going on in this world. We're wearing my kind of shoes to face the evilness of this world. When we need to be wearing hiking boots. That's what I call those shoes. Hiking boots. Cause we're we're in a war. And we're not redeeming the time. Could you go to the next slide? And if you want to open the mysterious door of the gospel, have a living and graceful speech, which always has an answer. And we are bad at that, too. Go to the next slide. And I'm going going to 1 Peter 3. And I'm going to read this verse. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when, you def- when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Now, this is something that's not known. This is Amy being a nerd again. Do you know why Christians were were martyred and and accused of all sorts of evil things in the first century, not only because they didn't worship Caesar, they were accused of being atheists. Now, that sounds odd. And the reason they were accused of being atheists is because they only worshipped one God. Now, that sounds weird. They were accused of being atheists because they only worshipped one God? Yes! And so... That's why they were accused of being evildoers, because they only worshiped one God. They worshiped the the true God. And so, but always be ready to give a defense. and the, And the word defense in this in in the Bible is apologia, which is where we get the word apologetics. Now, that's not saying to apologize, but that's saying be ready to give a defense. And too often when we when we when we're ready to answer, those lost people out there, we think about getting in their face. Go to the next slide. And and we and we think about and I and I should have, you know. And we have that attitude of that young man below. Read the Bible or go to hell. That's not a defense or we have that angry priest look at, uh, in that picture above that's not giving a defense that's not that's not what peter is saying in that passage and so stop trying to win a debate at the cost of a person's soul I would rather lose the debate and still have a chance to share the gospel with somebody. You know, I debated when I got to Leedy, I definitely wasn't gonna play basketball or volleyball. I I was a nerd. I was the captain of the of the academic bowl team. You know, I I was a nerd. I was in choir. I was a nerd. I was a debater. I was a nerd. You saw the picture with me in the tree. I was a nerd. And I was a good debater. And I could argue. But what good does it do to argue if you never get a chance to share the gospel? And we are so busy trying to win that somebody goes to hell. Think about that for a second. I'm going to prove my point, and I don't care if you go to hell over it. What does that accomplish? Could you go to the next slide? So... The first point or the first prong is what you guys can do. The second point, because you're the front guard. The second point is guerrilla warfare. Is what is supporting your missionaries. You know, since World War II, most of the wars have been won not by soldiers marching forward shoot bang shoot bang most of the wars have been won via guerrilla warfare america lost world war uh, lost vietnam not because they were the not because they were not the greater va- greater army they lost the and we did we lost vietnam because we didn't know how to fight guerrilla warfare style The Vietnamese won because they could fight guerrilla warfare. Every war since World War II has been won by those who could fight guerrilla warfare style. Sneak around the corner. Sneak over the top. Sneak around underneath. That's what missionaries do. Go to the next slide. If you want to open the mysterious door of the gospel, this is what Paul says in verse 3 and 4. Meanwhile, pray for us. Open the doors to speak the mystery of the Messiah. And you can go back and read verses 3 and 4. Because, go to the next slide if you would. Because missionaries who are fighting guerrilla warfare need your prayers. They need open doors for the Messiah. And, and 1 Corinthians 16, 9 also talks about the mystery of the Messiah. And missionaries need relief from their chains whether these chains are physical, spiritual, or emotional. Because missionaries can be in physical chains, because Paul was in prison. Missionaries can be in spiritual chains. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle with spiritual chains all the time. Because I struggle with trying to reach one of the most difficult people groups in the world. Because the, whether the Jewish people are, are ultra-Orthodox, which the term is, is Hasidic, or just traditional Jewish people, they're one of the most difficult people groups in the world. And sometimes I struggle with emotional chains. I am going to be honest with you. I have a counselor, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that. Because sometimes the burden just gets overwhelming. And sometimes I have to talk to her. Because I just get overwhelmed. Because sometimes I just feel alone. And I haven't slept much since last Saturday. Because I just need more time. And I don't know if this is the end or not. But I know we're getting closer. And I know that my people, especially the ultra-Orthodox, don't trust Christians. So they have, I have to be on extra guard every time I'm with them so that they know that I'm a different kind of Christian than they've ever seen before. I can't let my guard down. So I'm in chains. I have a missionary friend that I talk to on Friday night. They're going to Mozambique. Which is in Africa. They can't go to the north because that's where the Muslims are. If they have to go to the hospital, they'll have to go to South Africa, where members of the African National Congress, uh, which is the the government of South Africa, are calling for the death of all white people, and they are white. They're in chains. It's tough. So we need your prayers. We need your support. Yes, financial, I'm not going to lie. But we need to know that we have your back. Back at home. And missionaries need support to be able to speak as we need to speak. Like today, I need to be able to be honest with you. Because we've been told... Don't be honest when you write your prayer letters because churches don't like to hear when it's hard. They only need to hear the happy stories. Sometimes it's hard to write the happy stories because it's not always happy. Sometimes it's just tough. So if we want to open the mysterious door of the gospel for the world, We need, I need you and you need us. Because we're the trailblazers. We're fighting the guerrilla style. And then you guys are the front guard. Could you go to the next slide? Because it opens through a joint effort of Christians and churches working together. For the harvest is great. But what does Jesus say? But the laborers are few. You know, i I've been a lot to waterburger this week because I'm trying to get my, you know, my quota in, and um, and I noticed what I've been doing, and I don't know. Maybe this is just a woman thing. So tell me if this is a Mr. Haney. Tell me if this is a guy thing too. Um, whenever. I go to water and I pick this up for my mom. Okay, whenever you go, to- whenever I've been to Waterburger, I get extra napkins. Is that just a woman thing? Who else does that? Carrie does that. Okay, apparently it's just a woman thing. So I, I noticed that, like, I, I get extra napkins because you always need extra napkins in the car, right? right? Okay, and I thought about this when I was driving up here. We always need extra napkins in the car, because we never know, like if we're going to spill something, right? Or if we're going to, or if a kid's going to have a snotty nose, right? Or I'm going to have to sneeze, right? See, it makes logical sense to the women, okay? And so I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if we looked at evangelism? as the same thing that we always just need to grab extra napkins instead of just grabbing one or two that before we left whenever we're at somewhere where we see lost people that we just grab three or four and that we bring them along with us because we never know when we're going to need some extra people Because we never know when we're going to need some extra help along the way. Think about that. Because the harvest is great. But the laborers are few.
0: Give Dr. Amy Downey a big hand clap. <clears throat> no, it was real quiet in here because we're talking about, what we're talking about today is heaven and hell issues yes. and uh, people's eternity. And I'm going to tell you, every one of us in here, we heard from a missionary that we support and she goes to... New York, to the Jewish people, but every one of us in here are missionaries. You have a mission field. It could be your workplace, school, your family, your circle of influence, wherever you're at. And I, I saw, I heard from a pastor one time, and he was, he, uh, he did a message, and I thought about, I'm going to have to do that here one of these days, but he, he went to the local fishing store, and he bought a whole bunch of lead weights to hand out on a Sunday morning and he handed them out to everybody in the the congregation and um, he said I just I did this so we could get over this one little hump in everybody's lives about if we need to witness or share the gospel with somebody or whatever is you know a lot of people come the Christianese thing to say was I didn't feel led to do it and he said and so he gave everybody a Lead weight and put in their pocket, and he said, "Anytime you don't feel lead, just reach in your pocket and feel that because you're feeling lead." So this is a heaven and hell issue. We need to. Anytime you're around somebody that you, you feel like you know they don't know the gospel, they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, open that door. You be the one that opens that door, that mysterious door to them, because they may never have that door open to them again, and you may be across their path for that particular reason, So every one of us in here are missionaries. One, of, and she was talking about. I was thinking about back when we planted this church here in Western Oklahoma. We knew this is where God wanted us to plant this church at. And I was like, as a pastor, how do I need to dress? Okay, and uh, to reach this area, I need to wear boots and jeans. You know, and and so there's, you got to become all things to all people to reach them wherever you're at, whatever you know. And so it, it come down. If my clothes are gonna open the door, so be it. That's what the apostle Paul was saying. You know, whatever I gotta to do to help open that mysterious door to the gospel, I'm gonna do it. Um, one of the things that I do, you know, as a pastor, I'm just I'm not just a pastor, but I'm just like you. I I have a, a job, I'm bivocational, so I'm out there in a the mission field witnessing just like you guys. And I cannot I cannot I could sit up here and tell stories too of how the Lord has opened doors. To share the gospel with people and I love hearing people you know in their realms of influence how God has opened doors to share the gospel and I'm telling you to walk through those doors reach if you have to go buy a piece of lead and put in your pocket to feel led to do it do that okay because we all need to be feel, feeling led to do this because time is short the time is at hand we need to redeem the time like Amy was talking about one of the things that I uh, I'm very part-time doing this but I had somebody call me, it several years ago, about being a hospice chaplain and said, Mark, it's, you know, we don't have a whole lot of patients, but we just need a, a pastor to call upon, a chaplain to call upon to be able to go visit these people and just pray with them. Would you be willing to do that? I said, absolutely, I would. And that has helped me get over, I mean, my very first conversation with them. And I I just, I want you to guys to get this. I ask them straight out, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I mean, we need to start getting that bold with people, amen, because time is that short. So don't be bashful. Don't be shy. We need, to, we need to open that door of the gospel. I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning. I just want to make sure before we leave today that everybody here under the sound of my voice, as you've heard this this message about the mysterious door of the gospel, is that you do know the gospel, that you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I want to make sure of that before we leave today. And I also want to make sure of that for those that are watching online this morning. So I want to lead you in this prayer. It's a prayer of salvation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if you, you know, um, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart when you pray this prayer, then you shall be saved. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I want to lead you in this prayer. And even if you are saved, I want you to repeat this prayer with me and with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me. And rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. And create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, amen, amen. I want everybody to stand up, and I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Amy's going to be back here at the back. Amy, if you want to go back here at the back, and she will greet you. If you have any questions for her, please ask her. She's one of our missionaries that we support as a church. Appreciate her being here today. Give her another big hand clap this morning. Appreciate the word that she brought to us this morning. So if you're standing there with family or friends or whoever, just grab hands with them. If you don't mind, I'm going to speak this blessing over you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ, to the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hug somebody's neck and and tell them, open the door. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a blessed week. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. Cami Cantu will be here next Sunday. Get the word out about it. Invite your family and friends.